podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and thanks for tuning in to the 42nd episode of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka GigPod. I'm Stevie and cup fever has hit us. Maybe. I'm certainly more up for Sunday's game than I was last week anyway. Closed doors and underwhelming season aside, but how does my colleague Rizzo feel ahead of the game? Has the Scottish Cup bug bit him yet? Hi Stevie, it's almost as exciting as getting to interview John Henderson. No quite, but nearly. I thought you did uh, amazing in the Steve role actually, John. What was the nerves like? What was the pressure like? Thank you, brother. Oh, it was obviously nerve-wracking talking to a Scottish sporting hero, which Hendo is. But uh, no, it was good. And uh, John's uh, answers were all very good. And hopefully in the future we'll maybe do some more stuff with celebrity fans. That isn't a tease because we haven't actually sorted them yet. But I mean, I'm sure we will eventually. But aye, it was uh, it was sensational. But no, all the attention is to this huge, massive... Glasgow Derby, which yet again will decide the season. Although we don't usually decide that we've no won the league. No for a while anyway. We decided to do a cup games against Rangers podcast for you today. And the good news is, certainly in recent history, Celtic have bossed the fixture with Rangers' last victory. And I use that term with Neil Lennon quotation marks. Being five years ago tomorrow, 17th of April 2016, in the game that effectively ended Ronnie Dyler's reign as manager. It was a 2-2 draw win, but before that, you'd have to cast your mind back to 2002, the Scottish Cup final, where Martin O'Neill Celtic just ran out of steam and lost 3-2 to Alex McLeish's Rangers. In general, though, Celtic have dominated this fixture, with the last meeting being an emphatic 4-0 win in 2017 at Hamden. Were you at that game, John? Uh, uh, no, I wasn't. I have seen us uh, beat Rangers in the Cups. At Hamden. I don't think I've ever seen us beat them at Hamden in the Scottish Cup, or I have seen us beat them in Cups. I unfortunately I was at that uh, that cup game you talked about earlier when we lost the three two one. But no, I mean our record against them in the cup recently has been brilliant. In fact, our record in the cup's been brilliant. Look, we're trying to win it for the fifth year in a row, which nobody's ever done four in a row Scottish Cups before. So a chance to make yet more history and end the season on a high. So I asked, what was your first cup game against Rangers that you actually went to? Because I remember mine being the uh... Two nothing one. Malky McKay game. The Canio scored the penalty. I think that was my first Scottish Cup game against Rangers. Unbelievable, Stephen. That was my first as well. That was the first year of the season ticket as well. And uh, I'd went to the game. I think it was November. That legendary game where uh, Gascoigne missed a penalty and Big Pierre missed a penalty and a fox ran on the pitch and we get beat. But no, that was the first time I seen us beat Rangers uh, in any game in in the cup as well. So. Uh, and I didn't pick that in any of my two games because I completely forgot about it until now. But uh, no, that was a that was a great night, and of course, we didn't win the cup that year. We ended up losing to Falkirk in a replay. I mean, come on! I mean, I know that this season has been terrible, but we've had bad results. And I mean, we really should have beat Falkirk, and we would have played like Kamal in the final. Surely we'd have beat them in the final. But uh, I don't know, man. Ali Mitchell's Kilmarnock, That was always a horrible team true, back in the days. True, in fact, and. If I'm right, I think they beat us in the league a couple of days after that game where we beat Rangers. So, uh, aye, but no, that was a, a great memory, that. Yeah, and we played them in the Scottish Cup in the first season that I had a season ticket in 95-90. Well, no, I had a season ticket in the Hamden season, but in terms of back at the our home at Celtic Park, the redeveloped one, 
uh, we played him at Hamden semi-final Gordon for fuck's sake Marshall happened to sell the jerseys for two of the goals John you know how much I hold him in disdain in my memories growing up as a Celtic fan but yeah I was meant to beat that game but I ended up at a, I used to go to like between like Easter and summer I was always at a caravan park with my granny and granddad and my auntie and uncle and I ended up having to watch that one on like telly or something down at the pub at the time we get beat to one of course Gordon Marshall fucked it for both of them McCoy scored one Louder scored the other but you'll know the one I'm talking about there, don't you? Aye. The first one, a Rangers player had a shot, not sure who it was, and uh, Gordon Marshall, thankfully for him, palmed it out right to McCoyst, and uh, that was right at the end of the first half. That was a right Celtic treat there. You know, way like goals to Rangers uh, before half time. I mean, I don't know what Marshall was thinking, scooped it right out towards him, and then the second goal, he ran right out towards Loudrup and he lobbed it at him. But in that game, we really. Uh, could have took it to extra time because uh, Pierre scored a header with like 10 minutes to go and uh, Simon Donnelly had a couple of great chances. One, he sort of, the ball fell to him when he was running through and he put it over the bar and the second one was a cross and he sort of got above the header and put it over the bar. So no, but that's enough about bad memories against Rangers. Let's talk about good memories against them. I was about to say, the days are long gone, but then we look at this season <laughs> and it's not quite. So like, the format here is myself and John picked two games each to chat about against Rangers that we've won in the Scottish Cup. Not necessarily our favourites, but ones to discuss nonetheless that are filled with some personal stories, trivia, or just good old-fashioned tales of you all about handing out a bodying to our rivals. So, Rizzo, you can kick us off. What one are you going to start with first? Well, I'm going to start with uh, all the many years back, 30, 30 years ago, the 17th of March uh, 1991, a 2-0 win at Celtic Park in the Scottish Cup quarterfinal. A memorable game because four players were sent off. Three Rangers players and uh, Peter Grant got sent off. And just like this season, our season depended on the Scottish Cup. We were nowhere in the league. I don't even think we finished second that season. I think we probably finished fourth. And uh, Bill McNeil was his last season, and we needed to uh, win. And then what I remember is it was live on uh, BBC, which was a rarity in the days for Celtic games. Like back in the days before, we were on telly every week. In fact, the same the semi-final in fact, was on Sky when the games were first on Sky, and I made my granny get Sky so I could watch the semi-final. And of course, we ended up losing, but that's another for another day. You made your granny get Sky? Well, Clyde Cablevision it was. Whatever it was back then. What was your enforcement tactics to make your granny get Sky? Probably constantly saying, you're going to get me Sky so I can watch the semi-final replay. So basically it was you droning on on repeat. But we know how formidable that can be, especially if you listen to this podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Even at the age of 10, eh, I could do that. And no, in fact, that was, that was for the replay because I watched I watched the first game Oh, what a sidetrack. I watched the first game in Monkosis when we played Motherwell on the same thing, it was not on each, and then my granny got Sky in for the replay and uh, our cable was, you know, whatever it was, Sky Sports, and uh, we beat oh, well. But no, this game was memorable because it had four red cards. I mean, that has it ever happened in a game since? I can't remember four players getting sent off on a derby since then. Not four, certainly there's been three. We'll talk about that one later. But yeah, the four players sent off for Peter Grant for Celtic, but for Rangers it was Matt Walters, Mark Haley and also Terence Hullock, who I believe it was caught on camera, am I not right? Like smashing a door or something? Uh, no, I think that was a different game. I remember Terence Butcher doing that against Rangers, I think the season before. He was, uh, when we beat them in the Cup, again beat them in the Cup for the years in a row. 
and Bill Manuel was getting interviewed, and I'm sure he uh, smashed the door in anger. The first goal was a great goal, really opportunist strike by Jerry Craney, a player that's, I think, sort of forgot about really, but like in my younger days and in your younger days as a Celtic fan, he did score in some big games. He scored against Rangers quite a few times, and it was a great half volley. The uh, the second goal was uh, Darius Dovchek free kick, which took a deflection off the aforementioned Terence Hullock, uh, looped over Chris Woods. So like, we were in control, but then the second half was just crazed. Peter Grant got booked twice in a minute. Like he, he fouled. It was either Mo Johnson or Peter Hustra when they were like going through, but he wasn't the last man because Paul Elliott was there. So he got a booking, and then right for Rangers free kick after that. Rangers were about to take the free kick. He before the referee blew the whistle, he ran out and blocked it. I got a second yellow card for that for blocking a free kick. So uh, that put us a bit under pressure. But then Rangers just completely lost the place. Uh, Hullock gets sent off for I think elbowing Tommy Coyne. Matt Waters gets sent off for that as well. I think he had three goals at him. And then Mark Hatley gets sent off as well. I think it was Anton Rogan he had a feud with, but it was two yellow cards they both got, and it was Hatley's second. And it was just disappointing that we really could have absolutely hammered Rangers, and we only scored uh, two goals. Like, I think Craney missed a couple of chances in the second half, and, like, we had missed the right chance to hammer them. In fact, a week later, we did beat them again. We beat them 3-0 uh, in the league. And then again, it was live on TV. But, no, I mean, that was certainly memorable for my younger days as a Celtic fan because, I mean, already, like, Rangers were getting the upper hand, and I think that season they won their, I think, three, third in a row that was when Aberdeen bottled it on the last day of the season. Thanks, lads, for that. But, you uh, know, that was uh, certainly memorable and it was just a pity that we didn't have gone and won the Cup that year. I mean, we really should have, but we made a complete arse against Motherwell in the semi-final and Bellamino was sacked at the end of the season. But, no, that was a, a rare, great early 90s uh, Celtic win over Rangers. So that was 1991, John, and I'll give you respect points if you can tell me in the next five seconds who spent number one in 1991 for, it must have been like half the year. Oh, Brian Adams. Well done. With a legendary everything I do, brackets I do it for you. Well, thanks very much. The feeling's <laughs> chill, John. We're going to now move on to 2017, away from your first experience to a game I want to talk about. And I'm going to body myself. The reason I want to talk about this one is because GigPod covered this in April the 23rd, my mum's birthday actually, April the 23rd, 2017, Celtic 2, Rangers now, Scottish Cup semi-final. John, it was as one-sided a game as you could possibly get. Callum McGregor opened the scoring with a lovely finish. It was one of the ones, it looked as if it was slow motion in the game itself, like where myself and another ex-Gigpod member who is not to be named, of course, for... Legal, legal reasons, reasons. Uh, legal reasons, we'll just go with that. Anyway, we were sitting, uh, Alan Stubbs was just behind us actually, and I remember when McGregor hit it, it, it looked like such a powder puff shot, and then you saw it on the replay, and it's one of my favourite goals against them, he just angled it in so well, just passed it into the net, and it was the way that the ball made that wee clicking noise when it hits the net, do you know what I'm talking about? It just felt, it just, it was so aesthetically pleasing, shall we say. Was he not set up with a sensational back heel for Musa Dembele? Uh, no, well, Musa, like, his first touch was oh, on mid-air okay. and then laid it off, but he was, he was just unplayable that day, he was wonderful, but Celtic were great and obviously you were watching that game, I don't know if you were there that day, because you certainly got a ticket for the final, was that not a game where I said I was going to take the ticket for that and I gave you the final one? You did, but you had to like a complete 
plum uh, <laughs> in your house after the game. But we'll only talk about that if we get to the cup final this year. Otherwise, that can stay in the that can uh, that can that can be for a, that can be for a Patreon show if we ever do a Patreon, but uh, which we won't. But uh, no, I mean that Celtic team were fantastic. I mean that was the invincible team uh, that won the treble. The second goal was a penalty for Scott Sinclair. Is that right? It was because there was so much debate about how James Tavernier uh, was let down by the decision. And then when you saw it, it was like the most stonewall penalty of all time. Don't understand why there was any complaining about it. I hit it off the post, as far as I remember, and it uh, bounced into the other side of the net. That was a uh, very, very comfortable win. I mean, it was like 2-0, I think maybe the 50, 56 minutes, something like that. I mean, it was definitely 2-0 in the hour. I do remember that. So see, this one was this one where Andy Hardy nearly broke uh, Paddy Roberts' leg in like the first 20 seconds. On the first incarnation of Gigpod, I took pelters, rightly so, for saying I thought Miles Bierman that game played well uh, and Paddy Roberts was well marshaled. Now, I just want to say that I, 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 maybe I must have had a few more babies than what I thought in my house by another member of Gigpod at the time because when I did watch that game back, Paddy Roberts utterly roasted Bierman. Um, Bierman now plays in the wilderness. He actually plays in Malta, I believe. I don't know who it's for, but he, last I checked, he was playing for some team in Malta. Now, Robert's career's not exactly blossomed since, but he's at a far higher level than him. And he tore him apart that day. But for some reason in my head, I'm going to just assume I was drunk, John. I actually said on Gigpod that Miles Bierman was not bad at all. Uh, and I'm just saying it now to the audience and to everyone's benefit. A great man like myself occasionally gets things wrong. And that day I got it wrong and I would like to apologise to everyone. Such a magnanimous thing to do. Stevie, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, but it was. I mean, if you look at that Celtic team, John, you Craig Gordon and goal, Lustig, Boyata, Simeonovic and Tierney in defence, Brown and McGregor in the centre of midfield, Paddy Roberts, Stuart Armstrong, Scott Sinclair, and then Moussa Dembele up front. You know, regardless of my general feelings on Scott Sinclair and Paddy Roberts, they're certainly two wide players that, I mean, that, that Celtic team had genuine width and they knew how to stretch teams. We could be doing that type of wins this season, you know. Uh, and then you look at Mr. Dembele up front, the guy just ragdolled that Rangers defence on his own. That Rangers defence was Danny Wilson and uh, David Bates as well in the centre. And two of them couldn't cope with him. That Rangers team couldn't cope with that Celtic team. And there was no surprise that, although it was 2-0, could have probably been four or five, really. Back to the team for that day. Only one player that played in that team is like, oh no, only two players for the team that day is likely to play on Sunday. Brown and McGregor. Interesting that uh, James Forrest was in the team. I mean, and he was a big player that season, but he sort of blossomed into his own, like maybe a season or two after that. I mean, he was still a big player for us, but he wasn't like the main man that he became, I think, a couple of years ago, only one player a year. But no, I mean, that is interesting. There's been such a high turnover of players. That was like only four years ago. It's not really that long when you think about it, but I mean, the only player in that starting lineup that's going to be Celtic for the future, you'd hope, is McGregor. Because, I mean, that's Brown leaving and Forrest in the start. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's quite similar. The Rangers are quite similar. In fact, they're even more dramatic when you look at their team from that day. The only surviving member would be James Tavernier with the rest of them all moved on. Um, some of them has retired as well. I mean, you could say Andy Hardy's fucking retired because he's not really a footballer anymore. He's pretty much a, a podcaster like ourselves, isn't he? But who cares what he does? But yeah, that was certainly the one I want to talk about just because 
the contrast to that Celtic team to now. I mean, I wouldn't say it's night and day because I, I still think, John, as we'll get into later on, I think we're a strong team. But, I mean, that Celtic team just, just deflects its muscles and it was always in big games against Rangers that it just asserted so much dominance. Aye, that was a, a great team. I mean, we'd done that the season later as well when we beat them 4 nothing. That that was an all-dominant performance. I mean, I know that daft people are going to know about Rangers being invincible this season, but I mean, obviously they only because they didn't win the League Cup. But no, that was a brilliant Celtic team and it's just a pity that it didn't really last that long. I mean, only lasted about another year then Dembele left and that was that was really the start of the team like breaking up. But uh, no, that was a great win and a good choice to commemorate a great Celtic team. Thank you. And now when it comes to good choices, John, you're full of them. You now want to talk about a certain game in 2005. Lead the way. Aye, this is one that's sort of been forgotten about. Because maybe it was because it was so early in the Scottish Cup. It was the fourth round. It was in 2005. And we were in the middle of a, a titanic league battle with Angels. It was the days when we actually used to like have league title races with Angels that went went to like the last game of the season in that, uh, which hasn't happened for a while. And Hopefully won't have for a while and we'll be back on top next season. But uh, no, we went 2-1 and it was two players that are prominent media personalities that were the Celtic legends on the day and it was John Hartson and Chris Sutton. It was uh, Sutton that scored the first goal uh, just before half-time. They, uh, he got on the end, he had a flick on. I don't know if Hartson won it, but he was definitely involved in it and it went to uh, Sutton and he ran on it and he clipped it under Stefan Kloss. Then, uh, interestingly, Rangers equalised right in the very first minute after half-time. During the walk-on, Rickson, Fernando Rickson, headed home an equaliser. And uh, then the game was sort of nip and tuck. Both sides could have won it. Until Diddy Agat, and probably one of his last big Celtic moments, because that season he was injured quite a lot, and I think he made a left Celtic at the end of that season. Can't me if I'm wrong, I think he did. But in one of his great moments, he put a... A superb, like he was playing the wing back that day, wing back, and he put a brilliant ball, like for like just I'd say about 30 35 yards out. It took out the Rangers defense, John Harson got on the end there, and uh, his shot deflected over close. And we managed to hold on for the win. And I remember it because me and my mate Dave went to it, but with another mate and all. Uh, Paul, because we all went in the Celtic Sports bus in the good in the good old days, but he never took it. So he came and snuck in, and the threes were all sitting in two seats. What well, truly, crime doesn't pay, but it did in that day because he never get he never get shocked out. He never get shocked out, and he won. So hopefully Paul's listening and Big Davy. Don't know if they are, but who can say? But hello to them if they are. But uh, no, I mean that's a game that's sort of been forgotten about. I remember it was absolutely pelting as well, and that season, of course, didn't end well. We uh, blew the league in the last day of the season, yes. But uh, no, we did win the Cup. It was against us right in the final. Martin O'Neill was last game as manager. A pretty dismal game where we contrived to miss all the sitters and Big Sutton managed to fall when he was taking a penalty and blazed over the bar. And uh, But the celebrations were good with Martin O'Neill saying show at the fans. But no, I mean, there were so many big games against Rangers in the, like, the early, early 2000s. That was probably... The last time Bayfram were really matched evenly together. I mean, Rangers cheating, I don't know if it was as rampant as it got to be, like in the early 2000s. Probably was, I'm not sure. But I mean, both sides were nip and tuck. I mean, the games were always a right battle. 
often it only took a one goal win, and Big Hearts got the winner that day. And of course, we he did nine of them, but that was just before we signed Craig Bellamy. That game was at the start of January, and Craig Bellamy signed at the end of January. And of course, he was a great player, but hopefully, we can talk about in gig pod one day. But no, I mean, I just thought I'd pick one that's maybe no more well known for your couple games against Rangers because, like, what was it, 16 years ago, is now. And I bet, like, if you asked most Celtic fans, do you remember that game? They'd probably say no. I, I don't, I try to remember how much a ticket was roughly then, but. Maybe 20 quid or something. Maybe probably, a wee bit less. Probably would have been about 30, I'd imagine. Well, may have been a bit dearer than that. Well, it was a cup to win. It's, like, they were sometimes a wee bit cheaper, maybe like 30 quid. I remember back like in the 80s, but it, when the last times I went to Ibrooks, like it was like 46 quid and stuff to go. So, uh, no, I mean, it was never cheap, but then it was worth it if we beat Rangers. In that game, I'm just looking here as well. Can you believe that we only beat a Rangers team 2-1 that happened to feature Alex Detergent Ray. Unbelievable. A great guy. <laughs> no comment there. <laughs> no right. <laughs> moving on to the final one. Now, this is the one that we can we could be here for an hour. In fact, this is one that's probably worth a podcast in its own right. We'll just have to condense this one, John, into a few minutes for the listeners because honestly, we could be here all day talking about Celtic One Rangers now on the 2nd of March 2011 in the Scottish Cup. It was the fifth round replay at Celtic Park. Celtic knocked Rangers out of the cup. Three Rangers players were sent off. Uh, Elhaz Juf was sent off after the final whistle. It was the shame game that the media dubbed it. It was the one that worked the SMP into an absolute shoot. Alex Salmond at the time was calling for games to be played behind closed doors. It was absolute mock outrage. We only had three yellow cards, but we got lumped in with the fact that Juf, uh, Bouguera and Ali McCoist just lost the plot and lost their discipline. I mean, I guess looking back on it now, John, and even at the time, that's what it was all about. It was just about good old-fashioned hatred, and the hate was truly <laughs> flowing in that season. 10-11 is something that, as I say, John, we can talk about that in a podcast on its own right for how mental that season was, but that game was just wild. It was fun, though, didn't it actually play that well? In the two games before that, I thought we'd been absolutely brilliant against Rangers. We were brilliant in the original cup game. When we drew two each, we were only 10 men when uh, Forster got sent off. We were only 10 men for like 35, 40 minutes and we were brilliant. And then the game in the league, uh, near the end of February, when we won 3-0, probably one of Celtic's best performances against Rangers that I ever attended. Probably one of our best league win performances against Rangers that I can think of. I mean, I know we gave New Lennon a lot of stick this season, and rightfully so. but if we didn't win the league that season, we should have. But the football that at that time, that Celtic team played was absolutely fantastic. I mean, we went in what, 11 games in a row or something in the league we won. And uh, we were excellent. It was, okay, I don't know. I mean, I was going to say you would hope that if it happened nowadays, it wouldn't have caused such a stink, but it probably would. I mean, the good old government probably wouldn't help. But you're not a big SMP fan back then as well. I wasn't, um, I was apathetic with politics. I went through my wee phase in 2014 with the phone banner after the independence thing, but <laughs> I'm back to being apathetic again, so shut up. Uh, that's right, I mean, no, no comment about it. I'm, I'm apathetic as well, I gave up in 2019. But uh, no, that's for uh, the podcast episode in politics. But uh, no, I mean, it was uh, an interesting game. Because, as I say, I don't really play that well. We didn't really create that many chances. Even the goal was weird. I mean, Wilson hit a shot. I hit 
Sasha Papage on the line, knocked him out, and then then he hit it at the the ball he bounced it back to him when it sort of bounced into the net. Who was he just pulling the first half and got sent off? Uh, it was Stephen Whitaker got sent that off towards it. the end of the game. No, no, wait, no, towards the end of the first half, was wasn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. Baguera gets sent off near the end, and uh, Juf gets sent off after the final. But of course, the thing I really remember is that McCoy's Lennon uh, kerfuffle, which was just, I don't think it was really anything that big. I mean, and they never went on for years, so what did you say? Or what did McCoy say to you, Lennon? He never really said, but it was probably nothing really. It was just two guys with like big egos, which I think they have. Try to be big guys, I think. And Okay, I don't know. I, I, even at the time, I thought it was probably just Rangers wanting their selling a bit of a shoot about it. And they probably did, really. But then you can't really say that we went on for that game and sort of dominated the rest of the season because we never. We didn't win that League Cup final and uh, we didn't win the league either. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, as you say, we could do a podcast about that entire season because there was so many ups and downs and etc etc but the football side that played for the most part was great but that was one where we didn't play that well but I mean it was always good to beat Rangers and we won the cup that season beating Motherwell in the final that game at Ibrox and then the game at Celtic Park that season I thought would have really knocked the stuffing out of them because of how composed tactically astute we were miles ahead of them and then knocking them out of the Scottish Cup I thought that was really going to go on and hamper them but no they did win the League Cup two weeks later and then we shot ourselves in the foot, they took advantage. But speaking about this game, it was just the scenes that you love to see. Do you know that way when in football, John, you got all these pundits going, oh, that's not what we want to see in football, when everybody's losing the plot and there's red cards and there's Rammies everywhere. I'm sorry, but that's exactly what you want to see. It's brilliant. And I think the SNP in the Scottish Government, they really did lose their run of themselves. Um, and I still think to this day, I mean, when you look at it, it's all very well good, John. We are laughing and having a joke, but their decisions certainly after that match, have led to a lot of people's lives being fucked because of how much a, a, a full outrage that it was. Aye, unless it's something like racism, governments shouldn't get involved in uh, football. I mean, that was just daft. I mean, getting involved in that, there's been sort of more like confrontational games since then. And nothing's happened. I mean, I would just hope that if there's a, a Barney on Sunday, that nothing happens. Like I don't think, oh, we're going to we're going to stage a, a summer over Zoom. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think it was daft, and it sort of took away from the game, and it was an RCL that went over Rangers. To El has Jeff for his antics in that sporting entertainment match. Thank you very much, because at the time we were fuming at him, and I think you know he enraged us all. But looking back on it. It was just entertainment, and the big man well and truly gave us plenty of it. <laughs> it would be sensational in the world in the world wrestling entertainment, that great, great company. Yes, so anyway, yep, uh, let's talk about, speaking of wrestling, John, uh, let's talk about a terrible shoot promo. This Barisic and Kennedy stuff, I mean, everybody's talking about it today. We've commented on the podcast account that it is just such a boring saga and storyline I mean, honestly, how do people have the energy to really get themselves in such a fluster about it? I think the papers are trying to make it out bigger than what it is, really. I saw Barisic's reaction. I saw Kennedy's reaction. I don't think Kennedy was that out of order 
think Barisic is more likely going on the defensive because he's representing his team. But the reality here is the media are dying for a war of words because they've not got much else with no fans and they're trying to drum up as much, you know, stir it up even, stir up all the, the intensity of the game ahead of Sunday. And it's just not going to work because the reality is people forget about that in the next couple of levels. I don't really think it's anything really going about. I mean, it is a bit odd that they're trying to make into this big war of words, as you say. I mean, Kenny didn't really say much wrong. Like We've said it before on the podcast. I mean, on our day, we are the best team in Scotland. We've just no showed it this season. And obviously, John Kennedy is still going to stick up for Celtic. Barisic is going to stick up for his team. So it's, it's nothing really. And as you say, I mean, I think it's because of the lack of fans. It, the build-up has been muted. I suppose the sort of up and down nature but when the game is going to kick half doesn't really help but for a derby and for a game which is massive for us it has sort of been a bit of a muted build up but I mean hopefully that's just us uh, playing it cool before we have a triumphant season saving win on Sunday This is where our season uh, it's all hinging on isn't it I mean this is pretty much make a break for us yep. if we lose this one on Sunday that's it the season is completely gone but we do have a chance here to ruin Rangers' season. Now, they'll turn around and say, how can you ruin your season? We've won the league. We've stopped your 10 in a row. Don't let anyone kid you, though. They are up for this, and they'll want a double, and they'll want to add to what they've already won this season. So any Rangers fan that's possibly coming around to saying the Celtic fans not nothing could ruin their season, it's a load of shite, John. We can easily put a big dent in their campaign this season, can't we? We can I? Uh, it would give us confidence and all for the rest of the season, whatever's like what's left. I mean, it would make us big favourites to win the cup as well, and it would put doubts in their mind. Hopefully, ahead of next season. But no, it's big. It's big for our players. It's big for John Kennedy. I saw Stephen Wells saying the day that the players owe the fans for this season, and that's the right attitude they have. The the players' day was a performance. I mean, well, a result really. We actually played all right against Rangers last month and we played well for the first half in uh, the game in January but no the players day was and it's good to know that they're in that frame of mind and I don't know obviously I don't want John Kennedy to be the manager I mean let's get it right but I don't know he has got to, after a sort of no great start he has got the team playing decent I thought we were good last week I thought we were good against Rangers in the first game and we really should have won we really missed some bad chances and so I don't know bizarre as it seems I'm actually quite confident that we can get this victory John across the last couple of games you know we've battled Rangers in terms of creating chances and shots in target but we've contrived to only score you know one goal against them we do need to be more ruthless in this fixture um, while not giving anything away at the other end certainly stupidly from a set piece but I'd say one of our main assets getting into this one, and we talked about it certainly last weekend with Spunkphone as well, is James Forrest and how fit he is. Now he's facing a very late call to be included for the team. In your opinion, I mean, you know what my thoughts are, but in your opinion, how vital is it that he starts on Sunday in terms of us getting a good result? Oh, it's huge. I'd play him anyway. I mean, I know I said that I'd have played him in the last derby. But I can see why he didn't start. I mean, like this is it now. The season's on the line. We've got, we don't want the season to end in ignominy. We want a win at Ibrox. And our chances would be massively increased if uh, Forrest plays. I know John Kerry's sort of been a bit 
cagey about it and saying it'll be the last minute, but I actually think that's mere a sign he might play because if he was ruled out completely, they said that's it, he's not playing. So I think he will start. Do you think it's mind games? I don't know if it's mind games, other than they probably don't know yet, but I think they will give him every opportunity. And even if he's, like, let's say, 90% fit, I'd play him because the game's too important. The season's on the line, and we need to pick our best team, and he's one of our best players. So I'd definitely play him. Yeah, I would too. I would. I would. I mean, if even if he was eighty percent fit, that's a good hour you would get out of him, and it would set the tone for the game. It would let us start in the front foot. It's not something we can't be chasing the game on Sunday. We've got to really take the game to them because if we're chasing the game, you know how it will be, John. It will just work in Rangers' favour, and they know how to like nullify that. They know how to control a game. So it's important that you know we start in the front foot, and as us as we both said. We've just got to be ruthless and hopefully this is a game where Eddie can just dominate them. And like he's done in the last couple of games, he's been a threat, but he's not taking chances. He has to take any that come his way on Sunday. I thought him and Il Yunusi, your favourite player, were very, very good together in the last game against Rangers. Apart from Eddie's really poor finishing. I mean, that he really should have scored at least one that day. But I thought him and Il Yunusi were brilliant. Rangers really at times couldn't cope with him. So I think they'll be big players. As you said, we need to make sure we don't do anything stupid at defence. That's what cost us in the last game. Kenny, you know, with that just unbelievable corner that I still, still won't ever work at what he was doing. And then our defence decided to go E-Wall and Guimarelos, like a tap-in for zero yards out. So, I mean, I hope that Kerry's just getting it into their heads. Two things. Number one, cut out the stupid mistakes. Number two, take your chances. And if we do, and that's, by this season, that's a big task for Celtic. But if we can do that, I'm actually confident that we can get the win. And it wouldn't surprise me if we won because we're capable of doing it. All right, this season's a write off. But as we've said before on our day, we are the best team in Scotland. And it's about time we showed that. They owe us it. So, John, you've already said it, and I've said it as well that Celtic on their day are the best team in Scotland. They have the best squad in Scotland. We've just not put it right this season and we've not got any gripes about who's won the league. The best team has won the league, but certainly we can do something about that and we can do some damage to them on Sunday and knock them out of the cup. So this is shoot prediction time. I'm going to go first. I think we're going to win 2-1 on Sunday. What's your shoot prediction? I think we're going to win 2-1 as well after the extra time. Oh, interesting. So you had any factor in extra time yet? What I do worry about is if it goes to extra time and your fitness level, so that's the only thing. I'd be a wee bit pensive about penalties as well. Although we have won a big pressure penalty shoot at least. That's true, that's true. But uh, I know, I mean, the team does all the fans this season. It's good to see that Stephen Welsh recognises that and I hope that's part of John Kerry's team talk as well. I mean, do it for the fans. We've had to take our medicine this season and now it's about time that Celtic bounce back and I can't think of a better game to do it than beating Rangers, knocking them out of the cup, adding our chance to a double. And Gino's a great chance at ending this absolutely rubbish season on a high with five Scottish Cup wins in a row. So Scott Brown as well, one of his last games at Ibrox, his last game in the Cup against Ibrox. He'll be desperate to end his Cup record against Rangers on a high. He could be a big player for us. I actually think after like not being impressed from this season in the last few weeks, he's played well. So hopefully he'll roll back the years and can lead Celtic to a great win and we can have an enjoyable podcast after it on Sunday at some stage. 
And then goal scorers then, give me yours, because I'm going to say goal scorers on Sunday for us will be Edward, and here's a shout. I was torn between El Yanusi, right? Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to go with his Norwegian counterpart, Chris Ayer. I can see him getting a goal on Sunday. That's what I'm going to go with. Edward and Ayer, 2-1. Uh, for me, it'll be El Yanusi and Edward. Okay, so there we go. Gig pod has spoken. It's going to be Rangers 1, Celtic 2. Go to the, well, should people go to the bookies, John? Well, the bookies are closed now. Do online betting, of course. If you're so inclined, because of course betting is not good. But I mean, unless you win. But you know, if you're so inclined, I think 2-1 to Celtic is a good shout. But then, you need to make sure you do it after the extra time, of course. And if you're betting the one I did, because I think it'll be 1-1 after 90 minutes. We shall see, John, because on Sunday, we'll be podcasting about that as well. We've only got a few days rest and we're back behind the mics for the audience to talk about our glorious victory. Of course, absolutely hope this doesn't get ripped by anybody and we are not going viral. Absolutely hope that's not the case and we are indeed able to gloat about this one, John. We shall see in a few days. But aye, this has been episode 42. I just want to say to everybody, thanks a lot for persevering up until the end of this one because I don't know if you can tell... I have had hay fever for the past two days and today it is murder. My throat is killing me. My nose has been running constant, so is my eyes. I can already see John on the webcam here getting the violin out. But no, I have felt, I've honestly felt terrible. And thanks to everybody for putting up with my even more nasal tone than usual when it comes to this one in episode 42. it's just, There's nothing I can do about it. I suffer from terrible sinuses. What can I do? I'm a Celtic fan, Jonah. <laughs> You should put like a sort of sad piano over that last thirty seconds there. The incredible silk. <laughs> yes, but, you know that's that's just unmatched bravery that you're fighting hay fever. You still want to bring an episode out for our great fans. So thanks for that, Stephen. I'm lost for words, even. But uh... <laughs> take us away with episode forty-two's final word. Yep. So thanks to Stephen for battling through his hay fever and bringing us another podcast. Thanks to all listeners as usual. You know where to find us by now. Leave us a review and five stars. Tell us how great the podcast is. Thanks to Stevie, of course. And we'll be back on Sunday. We are post uh, Scottish Cup podcast where hopefully we're celebrating a Celtic win over Rangers and finally a chance to gloat this season. It's not happened for a while. Here's home we can do it on Sunday. Thanks everybody for listening and hail hail.
Social Podcast Network.